Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, which we all do, we have an audience with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. Oh man, that's a big word. We're not going to get into that today. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We've got a Heavenly Father that loves us so much that He sent His Son to die for us for our sins, to pay the price, and then raise from the dead to show you he conquered death and to give us hope for life. And that's what we're talking about today on I Work For Him. We're talking about being equipped to share that story and how Christ has made an impact on our life and being able to do that in the workplace. And we're talk- talking today with Marshall, Professor Marshall Wicks from Word of Life Bible Institute out of Hudson, Florida. And and Marshall, you know, as you join the team, as you join the, the radio show today, this is this is a microphone you're familiar to being behind because you and Bill Bunkley every week on Thursday are together, right? That's right. Every Thursday, 510, we get together for Theology Thursday. And uh, we try to hit some of the, uh, you know, the difficult topics that we face as believers uh, in the world today, some of them that are that are right on the surface, and some of them that are a little bit deeper. But you know, every Thursday we hit one of those ideas, and we we try to to put it into perspective what the Bible says, and then how does that relate to my life? 
Wow, and that that's fantastic. That's the key thing. You know, you got to get it to the heart, right? My wife and I were at dinner last night, and I get asked more questions. I basically got asked to interpret Revelation at dinner. It was pretty interesting. Like that wasn't that wasn't didn't expect that. You know, today I really want to hear about Word of Life. We never had anybody from Word of Life on the show talking about the incredible mission that was set out. I mean, how many years ago in New York was that set up? It, Nineteen. 47, Jack yeah, so, began. So just a few years ago, yep. a longtime vision, uh, active here in Florida, only 45 minutes north of Tampa. And uh, so I want to really hear about how Word of Life is equipping their students to be ready to take their faith no matter where they go with their Bible certificates, their one or two year program. But before we get to that, I just want to really hear before we go to the break, how is Jesus making a difference in your life today? Well, it- you know, life is Jesus Christ. Amen. We, we we think about all of these different things. We th- we have our work, we have uh, our devotions, we have church, we have all of this. But sometimes we begin to com- compartmentalize. Jesus brings it all together. He makes life life. Without Jesus, we're just dying. Not 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 in a spiritual sense, but we're just living in a death trap. It's a spiral downwards, and and eventually we're just going to get flushed. We're just going to going to disappear without making a difference. Jesus enables us to make a difference. This week, I've been teaching. You talked about. I've been teaching the Book of Revelation. The kids have so many questions <laughs> about all all those. There are some bizarre things in there, but you know they're saying, "Why is it so funny?" Well, th- this would have been like an awesome book. It would have been like reading, you know, a pictorial presentation of mm. things with all that th- those images that are painted. We've lost track of that kind of communication a little bit, but wow, it's it's an awesome book. I want to hear what John, I, if he would have just done that 2,000 years later, we could hear what John was really seeing, because he had to put words to pictures that he couldn't explain. He just like Ezekiel. Yeah. yeah, just like Ezekiel had to do the same thing. You're like, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to write word pictures to describe helicopters and airplanes and whatever else they're describing. It's just an amazing thing. We're talking today with Professor Marshall Wicks. I'm, I can't say that too much longer. I'm going to stumble over myself, but Marshall Wicks is from Word of Life. In fact, he's been a part of the Word of Life staff for a very long time, and and we, I just really want to hear how Word of Life is purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers for the workplace, because that's the mission of I Work For Him. When when Jack started to ministry, Jack Wurtson started Word of Life back in 1947. They split off. Uh, there was an organization reaching youth for Christ uh, with uh, the gospel, and, and they split at that time, and Youth for Christ started, and Word of Life started at the same time. And we began to focus on young people. Jack's passion was with young people. And when he got the property up in New York, we started with an island. Uh, in 1970, he said, you know what? Young people today, they're going off to college. They're, they're going off into the workforce. They're, you know, they're just dispersing, and they're not ready. They're just not ready to make a difference. They are being evangelized. And and I think to some degree that's what's happening. Many well, of the our universities young people, are getting evangelized, but not with Christ. That's Is that right. what you they're, mean? Yeah. yeah, they're evangelizing them with this secular humanism. Uh, humanism. Yeah. 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 And and so his passion was let's train young people. Not to be pastors, they may they may end up going to the pastor. Not not necessarily to be missionaries in in the traditional sense, but let's give young people enough Bible and, and enough understanding of the gospel and enough enough practice at sharing the gospel that when they show up on a campus, whether it's a secular campus, when they show up at a workplace, when they show up in a marriage, 
when they sh- wherever they end up going, they are going to be equipped to effectively and accurately share the gospel to whoever they come in contact with, because we believe it's the responsibility of each generation to reach their generation with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that that just doesn't happen. You know, young people just don't show up at old people's houses. You know, it's like, in fact, when they see old people driving on the road, we're just kind of talking about that. It's like they, they find another way of, uh, you know, the, and, and I'm <laughs> they getting, communicate with fingers. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, I'm getting old now and it's, it's not as easy anymore to, to step into that, you know, cell phone world and be a part of what kids are doing. But young people naturally do it. But you got a you got a big uh, cell phone, so it's got to be it's helping you do something. Well, my kids bought it for me. <laughs> but you're also carrying a, a, a Bible, and which That's shows a lot bigger than the cell which phone, which <laughs> shows which shows that you haven't quite gone electronic on your Bible app yet. So yeah, I do, I do use the Bible app, and the kids rub off on me. I do work with young people, but but our mission statement, if you look at it, is we believe that what we want to do is make young people our graduates the most effective representative for Jesus Christ that they can be wherever they go. We don't see, the, we don't see that, that certain ministries or certain opportunities are better than other ones. All opportunities are opportunities to present Jesus in an accurate, uh, powerful way. And we believe if we can do that, we're, we're going to reach that generation for well, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just like, you know, you train people. It's just like you learn to drive. When we were 16 and we got into a bad situation, most of the time it ended up in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. But as we've trained and trained and trained and trained to drive, we no longer have to think when we react. It just comes natural to us. And that's what you're doing at Word of Life Bible Institute. You're training kids in the scriptures. And you really, you got a one-year program and a two-year program, right? We have a two-year program that has a one-year option. Okay. All right. So you so, have a two-year program with a one-year option. Yeah. Okay. They, they can opt out after one year. And it's it's not just the content, the Bible. We take them into prisons. We take them down into the streets of Tampa and the streets of New York. We, we take them out with Child Evangelism Fellowship. We take them onto campuses. We, we give them exposure in a lot of different contexts so that they're that they don't become kind of like singular or focused in one particular way in how we reach out to the world they begin to realize that evangelism is a a multi uh, a universal language wherever you are that the gospel works on the job it works from the pulpit. It works in other countries. It works on the playground. Uh, we we need a gospel that can be effectively communicated wherever we find people who need to hear the gospel. All right. So backing that down a little bit, so people can grab little bite-sized pieces as they're driving and maybe listen to this on a podcast. You know, Word of Life Institute. Your goal is to equip. You're you're really purposefully equipping Christ followers to be prepared to take the gospel wherever they go. That's, that's Which is correct. what you just said. Yeah. And that means whether they end up being an engineer, an architect, a ditch digger, a, 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 a dishwasher, it doesn't matter that they're ready to go. So, I mean, so that it just comes natural and flows out of them. That's right. And, and there's no degree certification. I mean, people don't get credits towards anything. This is a Bible Institute, correct? Well, we are, we are accredited. Okay. You are. Okay. Uh, and, and, that was a long, drawn-out affair because 
uh, it's important for us that young people aren't going to lose a year of their education. So if you come to Word of Life Bible Institute and you do our one-year option or you do the two-year program, you will get two years, one to two years credit at the next, if you go to a Bible college or a Christian liberal arts school. We, we wanted that option. We don't, we, want, we don't want kids to come and have to um, redo things right. when they go on from here. So we're looking to provide an entrance way even into the rest of their education. So we are accredited. In fact, I think we're the only accredited standalone Bible Institute in the country today. And we have campuses not only here in Florida and New York, we have two campuses in Canada, one in Ontario, Owen Sound, one in Sherbrooke, Quebec, that's French. We have a campus in South Korea. We have a campus in uh, we're just getting ready to open one. It was just approved in Hungary, and we just opened our first campus in in, uh, uh, in Africa. You have one in Argentina too, don't you? Uh, th- that's not connected with our New York campus. Got it. Okay. We also have standalone Bible institutes okay. in the Philippines, in Argentina. We have three of them in Brazil, uh, and and they're doing the same thing, but they're not a part of our accredited. Bible Institute, which kind of operates out of New York, but has campuses located all around the world. So young people can not only be involved in in evangelism while they're they're getting their training, that they can be involved in cross cultural evangelism. If you want to be a a missionary, if that's your passion, if you know that already, you, you could go to a mission field and, and do your Bible Institute training. In fact. We have an agreement with Liberty that that they could do their whole four-year college degree on the mission field, being a part of what's happening in in the country that maybe they think God's called them to or believe God's called them to at this point. That'd be a pretty awesome opportunity. I, I, th- I would love to do it when I—I I mean, it's, it's, it's like I think about these things and I almost drool if I could go back and do it over, man. Wouldn't it be it great? It wouldn't have been possible when you were in college. They didn't have the electronic <laughs> connectivity. They didn't have that kind of stuff. They didn't have back. the internet. They did, you couldn't take—you couldn't get your degree online. Right. You had to go to the school. Can you imagine that? Yeah. You had to go someplace to get your living education. A, live in a dorm and all that kind of stuff. That's right. That's right. So— when you've, you've been there for, like I said, a lot of years. I'm not going to call you out and t- say how many years. But So have you always been at the Hudson campus, or did you ever get to teach up in New York? No, I, I was in the New York campus for 31 years. Really? So you only been down yeah. here for a few years? Yeah, I've only been down here like this is my sixth year or something like that. And, and uh, we... Uh, you know, it was getting. I mean, I'm in the twilight. You know, it's like I'm not. I'm not young anymore, but they need. We have two two men who have 35 plus years uh, teaching at the Bible Institute, and and they decided that they're going to have to train. You know, we we need to bring men in who are going to be able to keep sure perpetuate keep doing this, uh, and and so they split us up and. It was rough. You know, it was a February. It was I think rough. It was, it was it like from 87 <laughs> degrees below zero. There were 250 feet of snow. And they came in and said, would, would you like to go to Florida? And it was like, I had to scratch my head. I did have to ask my wife first. Yeah, I was. I would she, hope. <laughs> she said, yes. You so, got kids and grandkids up north, though, still probably. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and that's that probably makes it a little bit tough, but at least you get to go up and visit. And then we see snow at Christmas right, if we go visit. But they visiting. probably love coming down here. I mean, everybody loves to come to Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we took them to Bush Garden, and, and they're, they're, they want to come down and do the Disney thing I'm, here pretty soon. I'm sure they do. Marshall, as you look at the intentionality behind your program, 
Talk about some of the things, the the focus on your teaching. Let's just say somebody says, okay, I want to do the two-year program, but I really just want to do the one-year program. So they, they take the reduced option. What does that look like for somebody? In in the first year, we attempt to communicate biblical a biblical foundation. So you're going to study theology throughout the year. You're going to study Bible survey throughout the year. And then we're going to have guest lectures come in. And, and part of what we did in designing the program, because it, it kind of grew out of the camp experience, and in camps they have different speakers come in each week. You try to find the, the best guy to teach on this subject and, you know, the 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 best qualified person. And we not only look for the be- the person with the best content, but we also look for people who were doing it. So we have missionaries come in to teach. We we have men who are, who are running evangelistic organizations. We have presidents of seminaries, presidents of colleges, uh, and and people are really wanting to come to World Life Bible Institute and teach because the students that graduate from our program are, are very, very much in demand on other campuses. Uh, That's got to feel good. It does. It does. I I mean, at one point, uh, Jerry Falwell, this was a few years ago, obviously, but he said, listen, we want your guys. We want your girls to come here and be a part of this program. We, we, We need leadership, student leadership on campus. And so he offered an incredible scholarship. They almost went free for a couple of years. It was, uh, it was pretty impressive. And, and the reason is because you're not going to go anywhere else. I'll tell you, when I went to seminary, you had to have a ministry. So I just went out and witnessed in malls, went out and handed out tracts. And and I came back and I signed that up and the guy looked at me like I was an alien or something. You know, that's all I knew coming from Word of Life. I went to the Bible Institute myself and okay. and then I went down to Tennessee Temple. It was still in, in uh, an operation then. It's since, I think, closed down. But, you know, at both of those schools, like evangelism was priority number one. And so when I went out to seminary, you know, that's the first thing I thought about. You know, it's like I could have gotten the ministry working in the nursery. We, you know, we had some young kids at that time. But, you know, it's it's like, it's hard to evangelize infants. It is. They, they just, they have such a short attention attention span. But some so, teenagers are like that as well. <laughs> that's right. Although some adults are like that as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We all can be that way sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, the generations in the 37 years you've been teaching, mm-hmm. the generations have changed significantly. I mean, how you taught 37 years ago. Well, when you look at when you went to the Institute, those way few years ago versus today, I mean, it's night and day difference. The church how the church operated, period, end of story, 40 years ago, looks very different than today. The how, mechanics have changed. Well, yeah, of course the gospel hasn't changed, but you're right, the mechanics, the, the delivery methods have changed. The delivery methods have changed, and and we're dealing with much shorter attention spans. You know, uh, you, you I, I think you see it in church. I mean, I sit in church, and, and I go to a good church, and but you'll still see people, you know, checking their email and, 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 you know, when anytime there's a little downtime in the sermon, it's, it's like, or they're taking a picture of something. It, 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 it seems that our world wants the gospel packaged in a, a minimalist kind of way. And you have to, you have to respond to that. One of the things we've done is put the gospel out, just the gospel out in, in a, in a video format on the internet. You talked about uh, GOM uh, and one of our, uh, 
plans is to reach 7.5 million people uh, in this year. And one of the things we did was was put this nice little clip together that presents the gospel in a beautiful and effective and visual way uh, for young people to to be able to take a look at it. And and the same thing in class. I mean, you have to go to PowerPoints. You have to be using videos now uh, or but But is it even them. deep? But it's deep. I mean, it's not just like technology because you got, you got smart boards probably in your classrooms too. I mean, well, do you? Not yet. Not yet? Okay, no, we, so you're a little bit behind on that. We're doing everything on video and those types but the, of things. You know, and smart boards are expensive and there's a lot yep. of maintenance with them. But, but how the generations interact differently with God is so different. I just finished reading um, a book by Hayden Shaw on generational IQ, understanding how the five generations go to church together. Because you got the traditionalists, you got the baby boomers, you got the generation Xers, you got the millennials, and then whatever they call this Gen next X, generation. I think is what they call them now. No, because they had generation X, then you had millennials, and then you got generation Y, or they're calling them the nuns. G- generation Z or, yeah, yeah, or something right, like that. Right. Yeah. So, But they all relate to God differently, or they, they, they interact with God differently. Not, And that's you how you and I interact with God is different, because we all experience God differently. But what I'm saying is, how they look at the church experience is different. How they interact with their Bible. I mean, the whole, the kids just are different today. Yeah, it's. It, I, I think the difference is, as I see it, and, and I'm, I'm working with these kids all the time, is we, we've lost that corp, corporate sense. People, Kids think like individuals. They're very separate now. They do most of their stuff on computer, on phone. Uh, it, it's not like they get together to do things. They do once in a while, but... It's not like it was when I was growing up and even when my kids were growing up, like to be on the basketball team or the football team or the soccer team, there, there was that that was the attraction. But now it's the X Games. It's the individual sports. And and you find that a, a lot of your best athletes don't want to play basketball anymore. They they want to go out and snowboard. Now, that was when I was up in New York. And and the same thing is true on campus. There There is a sense of of like aloneness out there i want to be alone me my computer my phone and you have to break through that in order to get them involved with people around them we're talking today with marshall wicks he's a longtime professor with word of life bible institute which was founded by jack wurtson with uh, up there in new york and and my mom called to remind me and i'd already talked to marshall about this mom just on the record and and what's really cool about the connection word of life and i did not know this until i went to the dominican as we talked about earlier I didn't know that my dad had gotten a saved at a Jack Wurtzen gathering in New Jersey. I didn't. So when I told him I went to Word of Life Bible Institute in the or Word of Life camp in in, in uh, the Dominican, my dad goes, "Really? Jack Wurtzen let me to Christ." Wow, that that is. I mean, it's unbelievable the the connection. Sure, you know, it's it. I, I you see that like when you travel, people will have stopped me in airports when you have on a Word of Life jacket or something. And say, you know, I heard Jack Wurtzen, or I heard Harry Balbeck, or, you know, something like that. I've been, I've been stopped in a van down in New York City. You know, someone come running up to tell me, uh, give me their testimony and tell me how they got saved at a at a Jack Wurtzen rally. That's uh, pretty cool. It's neat to have that kind of history, you, you know, know, for the organization. And it is. And, you know, you're, you're looking at 70 years almost of, of experience. That's that's yeah, incredible. We're, we're 75, I think, is but what... you said, I thought you said 47. I, yeah, I maybe... That's when we started our first camp. Okay. So, 
Sorry, I'm a numbers guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's I'm, almost seven I'm years not good in the numbers either, so it, I could have been wrong in that one. So <laughs> we have okay. what, no problem. 53 and 15. Yeah, so we're 42. I, I, I'm not exactly sure exactly when they start that 75 from when Jack started. But preaching a lot of people have been impacted. Oh, yeah. There you yeah, go. That, millions. So, what I was starting to say is the, the generations are different today. When you went to Word of Light Bible Institute, nobody ever imagined that the continent of Africa would be wireless in 2015. Of course, we didn't imagine our country would be wireless, but I had that same global outreach mission uh, on that we talked about a little earlier uh, off the line. They that guy, the the uh, one of the board members from them said that ninety one percent of our world is wireless today. Ninety one percent of our world has access to cellular technology and the internet. So how are you equipping kids, students, and and your students are of all ages, right? You don't have just they're not just eighteen and nineteen years old, right? Seventy percent of them probably come right out of high school. But we, we have had students, I, I think the oldest student we had was a former school teacher, 76 years old. She finished our first year and she came to the second. Wow. She came, you know, to, to prepare to reach youth. And when she graduated from second year, she went as a missionary to uh, Argentina where she served for five or six more years. That's uh, fantastic. It's, it's really amazing. So how are you, I mean, the kids today... They're different, and whether they—I mean, we're all different because nobody imagined 20 years ago that how cell phones would change our lives. How how do you equip these kids to interact with today's technology and today's kids who have the attention span of a gnat? You know, I I think that young people come better equipped to reach their generation than we are to teach them about it. I mean, have you ever seen one of them with a cell phone? It's like they, they can be talking to you and they're going on their cell phone and they're taking pictures of things that happen. They're multitasking. It's just incredible what they do. What we try to do, to be honest, Jim, is to give them a passion for evangelism. We think if we, we bring in intentionally, we bring in uh, people from different kinds of outreaches We'll have people come in from Friends of Israel, which is a Jewish evangelism. Uh, we have someone come in from Televangelist, uh, te- Televangelism, and he works through, uh, he does like hunting seminars. They have uh, wild feasts where they they serve you know, all kinds of strange things, bear and moose and, and all, all of these uh, uh, kinds of animals you get with hunting. And he says it's like unbelievable how many people, and they give away some of the the, the top of the line equipment. So we're bringing in people who who just keep communicating over and over again, the heart to evangelize. It it doesn't matter how equipped you are if you don't do it. Right. You know that that's ultimately it. And and I think kids talk to kids. They know how to communicate. If they're excited about something, listen, they talk about it. You know, if they're a Tampa Bay uh, fan, they get out there and and they talk to one another about it. They get excited about it. And, you know, if we can get this generation excited about the gospel, see, they have they have to know the content. You, the, the gospel is a, a, a theological uh, masterpiece. It reaches through and touches the heart. But if we keep it hidden, you know, you can go to work every day with unsaved people and never make a difference. All you have to do is is just not have a passion for it. Uh, 
I, when I first got saved, I kind of had a passion, but I, I was afraid. I, you know, I, did, I didn't have any of the tools or the equipment. I'll talk about them. So I went around putting tracks in people's pockets. You know, it was cold up in Nova Scotia where I lived. So in their winter coats, I would put tracks uh, in, in their pockets. Uh, you got to find a way. You, you, you know, even if you weren't built to walk up to people and say, hey, you know, what would happen to you if you were to die today? Do you know where you would go? Do you know where you'd spend eternity? Uh, there, there are some people that would panic even thinking about that. So the second thing they need, uh, apart from the passion, is is to get equipped, get tools. So we take them into environments where, where they're put, e- where we slide them easily into being able to evangelize. But you're and, first giving them the tools, you're helping them practice tools, and then you're helping them, you're, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, here's practical application, we're gonna go use them. So you yeah, get, we're you gonna get go comfortable up, with it. Yeah, we're gonna take them out and let them use them. And nothing gets, I mean, I mean it worked for me. When, when I saw the first person get saved, like I was just so excited about it. It, 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 it was like, I, I can't think of anything that that has, you know, that, that, it, that gives you that sense of, you know what? I've done something really important today. And and so, you know, I've, I've had a raise, had the kids raise hands at the end of the year. How many of you had an opportunity to lead someone to the Lord this year? And it's amazing when 90% plus of the young people raise their hands because they're involved in doing it. It becomes a part of who they are. And, and then, if you did that in church, if we did that in our average church, that wouldn't be 90% of the hands raised. It may be 1% or 2% of the hands raised. Yeah, because we have this idea somehow, and, and, and young people come to us, this idea that, well, pastors lead people to the Lord. Right. Well, let me take you to, the, to, to, to our pastor. I remember sitting down with a girl once, came into my office, and she said, I'm really fearful, Dr. Wicks. It's like, you know, I thought pastors are supposed to do this. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, going and talking to someone about the Lord. I said, well, what did you do if someone said, if someone came to you and said, well, I want to get saved, what do I do? She said, I take them to my pastor. That's their job. You know, I had done that in the past. But, but once they see they can do it, once you get that, get comfortable with it, uh, it, it becomes easier every time you do it. All right, so you give the, you're giving these kids practical application while they're while they're going through the the one or two year program, the two year program with a reduced one year sentence or whatever it may be. Not a sentence, being funny. You give these kids an opportunity. These students, they're not just kids. I keep saying that because uh, I just had a friend of mine who was 45 years old go through the Word of Life program up in yeah. New York. So I I know that it's that it's impacting people of all ages. You're giving them. You said you're either bringing them downtown New York City, you're bringing them into Tampa, uh, but you're given practical application. Do, you, do they get on the mission field as well? Do you take yeah. them on short-term yeah, mission we, trips? We have two short-term mission trips going out from Florida this year, uh, and we have another two probably going out from New York. Uh, and, and we're taking them out on sports trips, these particular ones. So so they will go out and they will be involved with young people at camps down in Costa Rica or Nicaragua, and they will be working with them. They, they love soccer everywhere else in the world. They everywhere call else it football. Here, that's right. Yeah, they call it football. So they'll go down there and, and uh, you know, they'll come alongside of them. We even do that in prison, These these in New York anyway, not so much down here, but in New York, we'll take our soccer teams into prison and they'll play with the men there. Afterwards, they'll break up into little groups, one and two, and they'll, you know, they'll talk to them about the Lord. They'll share the gospel. Mm, and I, it, you know what amazes me? 
what what has amazed me all of my life is you share the gospel with someone and they say, yeah, I want to bow my... It's like, it, it's still, you know, it's like, you do. <laughs> it, it, it is so amazing that, that, that people... Listen, the gospel is a fantastic thing. It, it, you know, it changed it's, my life. And yet we're afraid to share it. You know, it, it is, it's one of those things where I'm I, afraid to share it. Boy, I probably was afraid to share it, didn't know how to share it, felt like I needed to be equipped. And it wasn't until we got involved in our church here in Florida, 12 and a half years ago when we moved here, where I went through evangelism and explosion. And, 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 I, and I learned, I just, I, I saw that in action. I thought, okay, well, those are some great tools. And then I started watching how people really were sharing their faith. And I just have gotten to this mode where I get to pray with people all the time. Christ followers mm-hmm. are not Christ followers. And what an incredible opportunity that is. Yep. And it open up, opens up so many doors, especially when people are hurting. But let's just talk about students that you've seen go through your program over these. I mean, you've got students that are, you know, they're, they're cr- probably grandparents by now that have gone through your program as many years as you've been out there. Yep. So talk to me about, do, you, do they ever call you back and go, you know, Dr. Wicks, the, the, what, the way you impacted my life. Let me just tell you something happened that I learned at Word of Life and I was able to put it into practice. Do you ever get stories like that? We get them coming back in a more general way. Uh, I was listening to uh, Ben Gutierrez. He, he did a little video for us. And uh, he is now like the head of all the academics there at Liberty University. And, and he says, you know, and he's told me this. He says, you know what? Word of Life Bible Institute changed how I saw things. When I came, I, I wasn't convinced that, you know, I could make a difference for Christ. I wasn't convinced that, uh, you know, that Christ had a real exciting future for me. He says, you guys changed how I saw things. Wow, what a privilege and, and, that is. And here he is. You, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw that film recently, Woodlawn, but the, I did. the two guys that that uh, produced that, the directors. They're both graduates of the Bible Institute. No kidding. Yeah, I worked... That was a great movie. I'd love to be able to get those guys on the show. So if you can connect me up, you get me connected uh, to those guys. Yeah, when they, if they come out with another movie, they they did October Baby first. That you know, was they, also yeah. a very good movie. Yeah, and 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 they they come out and say, and uh, Andy put his arm around me. He was down here about the time. It, the, at the radio, when they had the pastor's yep, appreciation... Yep. He put his arm around and he, and he just said, thank you. Uh, you know, it's like the Bible Institute just had a, such an awesome impact on my life. So if you're looking for your students in your life, whether they're your kids, your grandkids, maybe even your great grandkids, Word of Life Bible Institute, and there's one in Hudson, Florida, there's one in New York, and there's lots of other, you know, affiliated places around the globe. If you're looking for your students to get grounded in the Word before they go out and get evangelized with secular humanism on some college or public university or or college, this is a place to go. Lives are being changed. And so I want you to look it up online at wordoflife.edu, wordoflife.edu. A little bit more left with Marshall Wicks about teaching the next generation about Jesus and equipping the next generation to take the gospel to the world, no matter what their job is. Marshall, talk to me about how people can find out more about going through the Bible Institute, the one or two, the two-year program or the reduced one-year program. The information about the Bible Institute, it's out online. There are applications online. You already mentioned it, but wordoflife.edu. You can find out about the different campuses, the different options. But listen, what the world needs today is more faith. You know, 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We want shortcuts. We, we, we want to get spiritual by, uh, you know, doing this thing or doing, there are no shortcuts to a great relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I wish I had known this when I was 23. I wish I would have known it when I was 30. But there, there's nothing, you can't have a better life than, than the life of a believer, that having the word of God impact your life. And God changes us. The Word of God changes us. It gets into your heart, and it grows the fruit of the Spirit, and you begin to love people. And that's what we want. We want to see people change and have a passion for their generation, whether they're going, going to be engineers, whether they're going to be nurses, whether they're, they're, they're... We've had a doctor come because he felt like, I need to have a ministry with with, with my patients. And, and that's our passion. We want everyone to be equipped. We want them to love the Lord. And I, I don't think there's a better place that that can happen today than at Word of Life Bible Institute. Find out more online at wordoflife.edu. That's wordoflife.edu. Thank you, Marshall. Oh, thank you, Jim. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him program, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Ace Andrews for just keeping everything under control today. Hey, when you get home today, would you go out to iworkforhim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag or tab and make the commitment to start changing your workplace tomorrow by praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Go out there to iworkforhim.com, click on the nation. How are we gonna take this city? We're gonna take this city by praying. You know, we learned today that we can increase our faith that we can just equip ourselves to take the gospel no matter where we go the word of life bible institute is had a goal of taking students and infusing the bible into every cell of their body structure so that the gospel naturally flows out of their students into whatever workplace they may go. And that's what we're talking about in I Work For Him all the time. That the gospel applies it, that Jesus is the answer to all the questions our coworkers and employees are asking every day. And Word of Life Bible Institute is a place where you can send your student to get equipped. And maybe you're at a spot in your life, a halftime spot, where you want to be equipped. It's okay for you too. Their oldest student was 76. No problem. There's still time left for you. Wordalife.edu. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but you know what? Ultimately, I work for him.